Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Shanna Bell. Shanna, are you ready to do this? I am, George. Let's do it. Excellent. Let's do this. Shanna is a consultant, a blogger, the author of the upcoming book, The Art of Being a Pita. She is a returning guest on the Money Savage podcast. We're excited to have you back on. Shanna, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thanks, George. I'm excited to be back, as always. I love chatting with you. Um, in my personal life, uh, I have my spouse and I have a blended household with five kids. Right now, they range between ages 6 and 13, and I have to say 13-year-old boys are lots of fun. There's a little <laughs> bit of sarcasm in that. Um, um, I am a holistic health advisor by trade, but I'm also a freelance writer and an author uh, now. Um, <laughs> and... Um, Brian and I do some cooking culinary classes uh, through my business. We do some um, private catering, things like that. And Brian is a chef currently at one of the restaurants locally here in Raleigh. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, good times. We kind of have our hands in a few different pots, which is um, how I like it. And actually segues nicely into the book. So there you go. There you go. Got to love a nice <laughs> transition. So I know. I try. <laughs> it, so many of us um, are are unhappy with our work. Either we're we're not engaged, or we're actually disengaged or disillusioned. We took on a lot of debt to to become educated, and and we're underemployed, um, which is a terrible thing. And obviously, this is something that you observed and you potentially have experienced. So, just walk me through what it is that that, that motivated you to put pen to paper and and, and write the book. Yeah. Um, well, so ultimately I've, I've actually been living this lifestyle for 26 years. Um, so since I was 14, I guess, yeah, I'm doing math correctly. 14. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's Monday morning. Give me a second. Sure. <laughs> um, so this is, this is kind of how I've always lived my life. And up until the last few years, most people consider it very unconventional and kind of shocking and can't understand how I would live like this and how do you make money and where's the stability. And so the fact that I've always done quite a few different things has always been a topic of conversation when I meet new people. So it was one of those things that just made sense to me as pretty much a lifelong writer to put it down in book form so that people could really kind of grasp what it is that I've done and how all of those different uh, lessons I've learned from each different job or position has actually expanded my skill set to that I to the diverse skill set that I have now, and how that translates to um, completely different jobs. So how you can you can get one skill at one job, and that has nothing to do with something you do years later, but it actually translates and helps you, you know, work in that job as a more efficient employee. Got so, it. Yeah. So it, was it a function for you that? you looked at the quote unquote rat race and said, no, thank you. Or was it just a desire to start earning money as, as, as a young person, you said 14 years old. Um, for, for me, as my, my, I guess my mother always puts it this way. She says, my feet have never touched the ground since I was born. <laughs> uh, cause I don't sit still. So, and I always have had a really large thirst for knowledge to learn new things and to live life through experiences 
So that's, you know, just part of my personality. And for me, I have, I have tried the, um, and I'm sure you're in a similar boat. When I was younger, I was told that, you know, the way that you became successful as an adult is you went to college and you picked a career and you got, you know, a corporate job nine to five and that's, and with the benefits and the vacation and the holiday pay and the sick pay and that's what you did. And you worked that until you were, you know, 60, 65 and, you know, that was it. That's what you did. Right. And for me, that always sounded like hell on earth. <laughs> I never wanted to do that. I have tried it though. So if you, <laughs> if you decide to check out my book, you will see there are a few times where I tried. I tried to, uh, to conform myself to the corporate lifestyle and I absolutely hated it. I hated it every day. I dreaded going to work. And a lot of them were, you know, not, not that intellectually taxing for me. And I get bored easily. Once I learn a task, I get bored and I want to learn something else. But most of those jobs I found kind of pigeonhole you into whatever position you have. And they don't really want you to learn anything outside of it. <laughs> they just right. want you to sit there and in my opinion, die. And I hate that. So uh, I always had other side stuff going on. Even when I tried to do the corporate nine to five thing, I would still have, you know, what you now call side hustles doing different things just to keep me active or to keep learning new skills. Um, and then that also translated into creating uh, different uh, streams of income. So I've always kind of diversified my income, which made it easier for me to shift or change jobs when I outgrew a position or when the company changed and I no longer fit there. Because that happens. Yeah. Contrary to belief, it does. For sure. <laughs> All right, so I, I, I guess I have, I have two two main questions here and the it's not the first to the second one of them is i i suppose at some level you need to figure out how much money that you need to be making to support the kind of lifestyle you want mm -hmm. and that will probably be a, a, a lens through which you make decisions on which opportunities to pursue but then two um it's a matter of it, is it a matter of finding the the kind of work that you want to do if it's you know, if it's helping people, if it's, if it's, I, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how you figure out what kind of jobs to, or what kind of skills to, to go and get and what, how, mm -hmm. how to actually earn the money. So I think, uh, so for your, the first question, I actually do, um, at the end of the book, I do talk about more of how to create, um, some financial stability when you have a regular income. And I do discuss uh, a budget, which I believe you and I have discussed previously on another podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, so I do get a little in depth as to how to create a budget, um, and some different tools you could use so that you need to see, you need to see kind of what you need in each category each month, not necessarily what you want, but what you need. Anything over that is a want. Um, so creating a budget is an important step when you're looking at irregular income, or even if you're looking at doing a side hustle on top of your nine to five, um, if you crave that, I'm going to do air quotes, stability. Um, so I, I feel like budgeting is important. So I do discuss some of those tips and tricks that I've used throughout the years to kind of create that financial stability so that you're not stressed about how to make it work financially. Um, and then on the, the second point for, I guess the best way to explain it is if there are a few different things that you like, and usually most people have more than one interest. 
So if you have, you know, multiple interests and you think, you know what, I think I might be good at this, like photography or, you know, you like to make cakes or you really love animals, you know, just it could be different things. You know, you really love coding and, you know, your regular job is as a receptionist or whatever. Then start looking more into how you can use the other skills you have as hobbies that you like and translate that into some sort of paid income. And it may not be much to begin with, but you may be able to, you know, if you like dogs, you could do something like Rover and board dogs or, do you know, walk dogs on the side, um, you know, things like that. And it won't necessarily bring in a ton of money, but it could it could eventually teach you some skills that you didn't necessarily know you have before. And it could help you shift your mindset and say, you know, I could do this more and I could maybe get out of my full time job that I hate and pick up some other side stuff that, you know, I. I didn't know that I could do because I have these other skills. So that's kind of how I've done it. I've kind of just fallen into, I hate to say fallen into, <laughs> but, um, you know, my interests have, you know, got me into talking to different people about things I like. And then they say, Oh, well, I heard about this job or this job or this job. And you might be perfect for that because you know how to do this. And it doesn't pay a whole lot, but you could try it and see if you like it. Yeah, why not? So you, that's kind of just, you kind of just accumulate them, I guess. A lot of it's through talking to people, um, about what you're good at or what you like and creating those connections. And then, you know, a lot of times people will come to you with maybe part-time offers or contract offers. And that's pretty much how it works. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Do you think that, that people really understand what it is that they're good at and, and, and what they like, or is it a matter of talking about it and actually articulating it? I think it's more of the latter. I think a lot of, I mean, especially for me, and I do mention this in the book a couple of times when I was younger. And I think this, this qualifies for a lot of us. We don't really know what we like or what we're good at because we're still trying to figure out who we are. So, and that takes time, you know, that develops through life. You, you know, you start to figure out more about what you like and what you don't like. And by taking on a lot of these different positions for things that you think you may like, it makes it easier for you to figure out what what aspects of that job that you that you really do like and you're good at and what aspects you don't like so that when you go to another job, you're looking for the things about the previous jobs you had that you like so that you know that that will be a better fit for you. And if you find a job that has a lot of the aspects you didn't like, you probably shouldn't take that position because you already know that you're not going to like it or you don't have the skills for that yet. So it kind of by doing a lot of different things, it sort of teaches you more about who you are and helps you develop your skills, things you may not know you have, that you even had just by trying different things. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think for maybe somebody who's, who's listening to this who is not in the full-time 9-to-5 kind of world, if that's a real thing, um, I think it'd probably be easier for that person to try a lot of things. But if I'm working that nine to five job, how do I, and I have a family, how do I figure out what it is that I really like if I don't have the luxury of trying things? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, when you're working a nine to five job, a lot of times there, are, there's going to be other positions that are in the same company that you're in. So you can one way to do this is to see if there's any expansion in your position to maybe try new things. Some companies have a little more flexibility with that. Some companies are very strict about you not going outside of whatever box they prescribed you to be in. Um, but whatever the case, if you can't get, if you can't learn more skills in that, pos in that position you're in, 
you can make friends with people in different positions within your company and try to create those relationships and learn more about what they do and see if there's anything about what they do that you like or might be interested in that maybe you could then kind of dip your toes in and learn a little more about that. And that's a good way to learn new skill sets within the same company. Um, when I worked at Home Depot, which I mentioned in the book, we had something at the time called PKs, which are called product, uh, product knowledge. And they actually required you to go outside of your department and do a specific amount of PKs and other departments um, every month in order to qualify for, I think it was a bonus, if I remember correctly. Um, and so they wanted you to learn new skills so that you could be cross-trained in different departments, which I thought was fantastic because a lot of companies don't do that, but they wanted you to be cross-trained. Um, and it taught me new, for me, it taught me new skills. It taught me that I liked certain things I never thought I would like. I liked building houses in lumber. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, which I never thought I would like that. I also really liked electrical and plumbing. So there you go. Um, but I never would have touched that before if I hadn't kind of been forced into learning new things within the same company. Yeah, I appreciate that. You mentioned that when you mentioned this to, or when, when, when you talk to some people there, their response is, is somewhat shock. And I would take that maybe even potentially a step further. So much of our culture is comparing ourselves to other people. So the, uh, the, the thought of doing something that's so much different and non-traditional and having a non-traditional career path probably maybe would seem like a non-starter to some people just because they don't want the stigma associated with it. What would you tell those people? I would tell them that the only person who's going to be with them their entire life is them. And the only person who can make you truly happy is yourself. So if you're not happy with what you're doing in life, then you need to change it. And ultimately, as painful as it may be, it doesn't really matter what other people think about your career choices. It matters what you think about your career choices and if you can make it work financially because you'll be with yourself lifelong and nobody else will be. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter if you make them happy if you're not happy, ultimately. No. No. no, it absolutely does not, <clears throat> unless they're going to start paying your bills for you. But Correct, and I haven't run across <laughs> anybody who's doing that. <laughs> so until then, <laughs> I'm going to do what I want career-wise, and as long as I pay my bills, then there you go. Um, so that's that's kind of how I look at it. And for the most part, when I've um, once I've talked to people more about what I do and why I do it, um, I've I've kind of elicited a little bit of a fire in some people and they've started kind of doing the same thing and branching out and trying new things and just to see how excited they are to try new things they didn't think they could do and that they're bringing in other, uh, extra money also and it makes them happier and that makes me happy because I just want for people to be ha ultimately I just want for people to be happy and financially secure that's it and if them branching out and trying new things makes them happy when they didn't think that they could do that before, then I feel like I've won. I've done what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I think that that's awesome. It's almost like you give people permission to do it. So yeah, because they were afraid before Yeah, and kind of show them that they don't have to be afraid. You can, you can do it. It, I mean, doesn't mean it's easy because you're almost being like an entrepreneur. You're not relying on one job to pay all of your bills. And being an entrepreneur is not as easy as a lot of people project it to be these days. 
um, it's it's difficult. There's a lot of organization and time management <laughs> and balls in the air that you kind of have to move around. So yeah, also- to a degree, I think that that the term hustle has been really romanticized when in fact it's not really supposed to be and it's not very romantic. So <laughs> no. no, it's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of work. So that is something to keep in mind. If you decide you want to try new things and learn new skills, it doesn't magically happen overnight. You can't just snap your fingers. At least I have not found that to be the case. Um, it's, you know, it takes time and, and effort and you're going to put some, some work in, but you know, on the other side, I've been really happy with my life for a long time because I, I own my life. I can make the decisions to, to have whatever clients I want or work for whoever I want to and learn new skills. And I'm not always, I'm not afraid of, you know, of being fired. I'm not afraid of not being able to take vacation because I'm told I'm not allowed to. Um, I live my life and I, I like it that way. Amen. So, what can people expect to to get out of the book? Um, well, I'm I'm going to walk you through every single job that I've had since I was 14, and I think if I recall correctly, there's 56 of them. So, and they're all completely different. <laughs> so I've done a lot of different nice. things. Uh, some good, some horrible. And after each section, after I kind of walk you through what the job was and the you know company and what I was doing, there's always a um, a recap about what I learned. So there's there's going to be bullet points about the things that I learned, not just necessarily skills, but things I learned about myself. Um, and then in different parts of the book, I tell you how skills from previous jobs translated to you know this new job I'm talking about, and they may be completely unrelated, but how it it worked to my benefit to create a more well-rounded employee or um, a more beneficial employee because the employers then found out that I had all these other skill sets they didn't know about and I was more highly utilized, which is a good thing to a degree, as long as they're paying you for it. Right. <laughs> that is, that is a downfall I've run across. Um, and so um, I, you'll learn a lot about all the different things that I've done and uh, what things I liked and what I didn't and kind of what you should look out for um, and kind of how to look at it from your perspective and no matter what position you're in, you know, try to break it down. What things do I like about this? What do I not like about it? What skills have I learned? What skills can I learn? Can I use skills from another job in this job to make me, to make it more lucrative for me um, or to make me more valuable? So it translates into, into work as well. And then I also discuss the financial aspects um, of it and how to how to make a financial stability plan when you're doing multiple things um, as well as how important a budget is in my opinion in my opinion how important a budget a budget is and how I've made it work for me for years to make sure that I'm bringing in what I need to bring in love it yeah well Shanna Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip what do you have for them my difference making tip um, this time is that I want you to think outside the box. Really sit down and think about, you know, who you are and what you like right now at this point in life. If you could do anything, you know, to, to make money um, within, I guess, reason, what would it be? You know, or if you could do multiple things to make money, what would it be? And then figure out how you might be able to start the path to get there. You know, if you want to 
travel the world and write, okay, how do you, how do you start there? Um, what can you do to begin getting on that path? And can you do some other things that you like as well to help you get to your ultimate goal? So I want you to think outside the box and don't just, um, live the prescribed life that you were told you were supposed to live in the corporate world, you know, nine to five for 40 or 50 years, because there can be more to life than that. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. Janet, thank you so much for coming on again. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of the book? Um, You can learn more about me on my website, Adaptive Nourishment. There is also a link on the site for the book, uh, The Art of Being a PETA. And um, I will give you a link to the uh, book once it uh, is released on on Friday so you can have it on your show notes. But it's going to be on Amazon. Uh, I think it's going to be in multiple bookstores, Goodreads, um, Kindle, a bunch of different places, uh, wherever my publisher is putting it. (laughs) Great. (laughs) I think it's everywhere. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Shanna your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas and pick up a copy of her book, The Art of Being a PETA. And Shanna, I think that I buried the lead. What is a PETA? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so a PETA is a pain in the ass. Okay. (laughs) The the cover actually looks like a box of PETA chips, but it has nothing to do with food. (laughs) I love it. So the cover has one of those stamps on it, the satisfaction guaranteed, and it says 100% pain in the ass. There you <laughs> so go. Nice. If you look at the stamp on the cover, you'll see what it means. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Well, thank you again, Shanna. Yeah, thank you, George. I love being on as always. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!